So our guest this morning, okay, um, just after walking into the studio, okay, and delightful two young people, one not quite as young as the other, Orla Corcoran, a Galway woman, third maid, third medicine in UL. Yeah. Okay. Out here in Scarif on your work experience with your senior colleague, Connor. Now, Orla, it's the first time we've spoken to a, a young medical student. And uh, so it's great, a great pleasure to welcome you. And okay. th thank you very much for having me. So tell us, will you, in the name of heaven, how did you, you know, get into medicine? Why did you actually choose medicine at all? Um, well, I suppose it goes back Back a while, back to when I did my leaving cert. Yeah. It was kind of when it first popped into my head, but unfortunately various things, HBAT and whatnot, didn't go my way. So I knew I liked science and I knew that was kind of where my interest was mainly focused on. So I went into science and NUIG and I happened to pick more of the medical sciences. Yeah. So it was part of my degree. I was doing yeah. biochemistry and um, pharmacology and physiology. And in my final year, I got very lucky. I ended up doing my project in the biochemistry department in the hospital in Galway. Mm -hmm. And it was my supervisor there that really kind of, I suppose, you know, she was asking me, what do you want to do after? And I wasn't really sure. And she said, well, look, you're here now. You might as well see what everyone in the hospital does. So she brought me along to various meetings and sent me off kind of shadowing different roles in the hospital. And it was kind of there that I realised, you know what, my interest is, yes, it's human health and disease, but I loved the social aspect of being in the hospital and the role that the doctors have in kind of advocating for their patients and treating them. So it was kind of after that that I decided I'd go and do the GAMSAT and try to get into medicine, the graduate route. Fair play, I do, mind you. It's, it's, it's a challenge, though. You've gone through four years already of, of science undergraduate, right? Okay, yeah. four years? yeah. And now you are in the postgrad medical school in UL. Yeah. Okay. What did it require for you to actually go from a young graduate to a situation where you're now doing medicine as a young graduate? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose, you know, that's an interesting question. And I definitely weighed up the pros and cons as to, you know, doing further study and then or else deciding to go a different route. Because I had yeah. definitely thought about just doing a master's or you know, a PhD route as well were things yeah. that I considered. But, you know, I I think if it's something you want to do, like, you should definitely go for it. And I was lucky enough, um, I got a first of my degree, so I knew I'd, you know, qualify that that way because you need a minimum of a 2-1 um, to go on and do further studies. So apart from that, then, I had to do a bit of study for the GAMSAT, which is the entrance exam that you're required to get a minimum score of in order to be able to apply to the various universities um, in Ireland um, and I was lucky enough I did that and I got my score and then again you apply through kind of like a CAO system and then there. you write the check <laughs> how expensive <laughs> how expensive is it yeah look that's definitely um definitely a point with the graduate route it is it is very costly um our fees are I think around 14,000 a year yeah. What do you think of that, Jim? It's very, it's very, very <laughs> expensive. I'm just wondering, uh, this is your second year, Orla, in, in UL? My third, yeah. Well, your third year, you're yeah. two years done, yeah. And presumably you have been, have you been in work experience before? 
Uh, do you go to, we'll say, work with experience within hospitals as well as general practice like you're at at the moment? Yeah, so this is actually my first clinical placement. The way the course works in UL is it's kind of split up into two years preclinical where you're kind of based out of UL and we have like a problem-based learning um, curriculum. So we work through our basic sciences and um, clinical skills there. And then for third and fourth year, we're sent off in placement. So GP, general practice is my first placement, but I'll be then in the hospital next semester. Okay. And what do you think of general practice? <laughs> From your own personal point of view. I'm not asking you what you think of Connor now. <laughs> it's, so, it's so interesting. It's so varied. You know, everything that comes through the door is so different. You never know in what way you're going to be challenged. You know, one person could have a sore muscle. The next person, it could be something completely different. And as well, you see such, uh, you know, a different, different demographics, like from young babies to elderly people, um, men's health, women's health. It's so varied. It's really interesting. No, okay. no two days are the same. Like you'd never be bored. Yes, that's and a grid, isn't it? Isn't it indeed? Absolutely, yeah. Connor. How did you actually get linked into this world, whereby every so often we go into your your clinic and we see a new face, a young girl or young man? Yeah, and that actually started a number of years ago. It was Mans McGuire actually was the first doctor in Scrap Medical Centre who took on students from UL mm. right at the inception of the UL Gems School. Mans was was first in, and Coincidentally, at the time, the proposal was that students would come out and do nine weeks in general practice and yes. they'd do it in two separate centres. But Manus and I were talking about it one day and I just said to him that, do you know what, 18 weeks in one place would ground someone much better than doing nine weeks and moving on and a second nine weeks somewhere else. Yeah. So Scarf Medical Centre made a small contribution to the, the UL GEMS very good. Evolution. Very good. So now we've, yeah, so since Manus's time, so past certainly over 10, 11 years, maybe even 12, we've had a student come twice in the year for 18 weeks. And it's very interesting because very often we get them like Gorla, where it's their first clinical placement. And it's a great time to get people coming in because theory wise, they know loads. And then they land into us, which as Orla says, they see everything and everyone. And it, yeah. it's, it's very useful in terms of shaping someone's experience because it's not narrow. Which is is the the slight downside of when you get to hospital. Things are so specific. Insofar as if you're in an orthopedic rotation, you're just seeing broken bones, yes, and yeah. hip replacements type thing. Whereas, as Orla said, in general practice, it is a little bit of everything, which gives you quite a good grounding starting out. Oh yeah, I, I, there's a question that straight away comes it comes for me now, and that is what I'm picking up in the media that uh, we have a problem in relation to uh, doctors opting for GPs, for the GP side of medical practice, okay? And that there's a concern at a national level uh, that um, girls like yourself and uh, boys like yourself qualify and uh, a fair amount of evidence to support this now. Take the plane to America, uh, to Australia, where I checked it out and I've a grandniece just gone out there, you know, with 14 of her class group. And the salary is twice what um, they would have got here in Ireland. And the hours are nearly half of what they would have to put in. What would you say to that? Distressing, um, isn't it, kind of? Isn't yeah. it really? We've invested so much. Between you, actually, what would you say to Hmm. Well, if I didn't have a mortgage and kids and a long-suffering wife at home, 
I'd be gone. You'd be gone. <laughs> <laughs> but you're aware of it, Connor. Yeah, and John, it's a huge problem because I, I'm also involved in GP training. So I'd have somebody, yeah. a young doctor who's finished um, hospital rotations and is, le- is learning general practice come out to me for a year. And like we, I've had excellent people come through the door in the last 14 years. Yeah. And yet, yeah, we are losing people because, as you say, terms and conditions are more attractive elsewhere. Mm. Now, I suppose the natural one of things is some people will go abroad when you know they don't necessarily have have kids or a house or, or something yeah. tying them down and that that's always been there but but you're right the government spends a lot a lot of money training up doctors in the in this country who you hope will stay and work here and a certain amount are going and not coming back and that is creating a shortage back at this end and it does come down to things like terms and conditions yeah, yeah. And, and when you're talking about we'll say doctors not not staying here is that um is that a hospital sort of issue or is it a general practice issue as well i think it's both jim and actually just to flesh it out a bit further it's not just doctors we're losing it's nurses as well particularly um high quality higher trained nurses they'll very often go abroad as well again for better terms and conditions so Mm. there is an issue here with retaining our medical personnel Um, and the causes of that would be yeah, it's salary, it's hours. I suppose it's the structure of the health service here. Yeah. And possibly it's just done better elsewhere. Yeah. And that's probably a, a political challenge. Mm. I mean... And is there any sign of that changing, do you think? Well, Slauncher Care was meant to be the start of that changing and that looks to be struggling, shall we say. Would you... Orla, back to you again on this issue. Supposing I'm Minister for Health... And I say, Orla and all your colleagues, we'll pay, the state will pay your fees. But in return, we would like a formal commitment to give five years postgraduate to your. Would it interest you? Yeah, it probably would, to be honest. And I feel like it would interest a lot of my colleagues as well. Like a lot of us are on, you know, student loans and different things. And the option of not having that would be definitely very attractive. But then again, on on the flip side of that, the whole Australia thing is is definitely become so popular. Like I know so many people who've gone out there and like Dr. McGee has been saying, it is the terms and conditions. It's more support, Mm. you know, in the job better hours and in general I suppose the lifestyle in Australia is is very attractive for yeah, someone indeed. my age or, yeah. or a new graduate who has no kind of formal ties here family or kids or different things and and within we'll say the group obviously there's chat within medical students about you know what are they going to do I'm definitely going to Australia or I'm yeah. staying at home yeah. Yeah. and I suppose given the fact that people have relations here and roots here there's a certain pull to stay so the the other pull must be even stronger, the terms and conditions and the lifestyle that, that one might find. What's the, the chatter among students? <laughs> yeah, it's it's varied. I would say a lot of people are, are kind of saying, you know, I'm straight on the plane, I'm doing my internship and I'm gone. But then there is a smaller kind of subgroup that would say, you know, no, I'm going to think things through. I'm going to think about, you know, staying on and, and continuing things here. I think it depends. I think if you have in your mind you know you know what side of medicine you're interested in and where you want to go and can think that okay I'll do my internship and I'll apply directly for that scheme I think that's an attractive option for people because they'll want to stay and continue with that but for people who do their internship 
and kind of at the end of it aren't really sure what avenue they see themselves going down, Australia is an attractive option for them to go and figure it out and buy some more time as well. And earn a few bob. Yeah. When you think about it, it would be the, perhaps the first time in uh, yeah. four and and how many years in postgrad uh, to qualify? Four. four, four yeah. That's eight years. Um, okay. Yeah. And that's Living from hand to mouth. Yeah, yeah. So we are, Jim and myself, as a common citizen of this land of ours, are offering you out. We'll pay your fees. But we do want the commitment. When I was in college, the RAF, that's the Royal Air Force, they had a system where they would actually um, uh, pay for leaving cert guys. No, right? It wasn't a postgraduate entry system. They would pay leaving cert guys. As students, they paid, and they paid their expenses and fees and what have you. They were the only guys in college that had cars, do you know? And mm. this is frightening you. This is way back in the 1960s. 19, yeah. Okay. So the model is there, you know. Yeah, and definitely particularly for your postgrad students, because someone like myself, like my friends from college, from undergrad of all, you know, they graduated and they went into graduate programs or jobs, so they're earning money. Yeah. So you do kind of feel... So it's a little bit left behind in that sense as in you're still kind of a rogue student, you know, yeah, yeah. and with the with the fees added on top as well, like it is a big financial burden to, you know, undertake. Going but you're, you're pursuing what you want to yeah. pursue, which yeah. is important. It is. Tell me, just for the, for the benefit of listeners, uh, again, just to the two ways into medicine. One is straight through the um, the points in the CEO in the, at the Leaving Cert. Yeah. And what is the HPAT? Just uh, for people who might, you know, is that a, a filtering system? Yeah, it's kind of an extra exam that you have to undertake that's added to your leaving cert points. And that kind of combined score then goes as your kind of your points to enter medicine. OK, yeah. so it's not just the leaving cert for for no occupations no. like medicine. It's yeah. it's OK. And so for the way you went then. Uh, you did a science degree. Yeah. Uh, was did you have to do a science degree in order to get into to UL to the postgrad course, or could it be any other different types of degree? No, it could really it could be anything as long as you have a two one degree. It can be in anything. Like these people in my course who have done, you know, they've been engineers for ten years and decided to come back, or accountants, or people who did languages. So it's very interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting. And they obviously bring a different flavor and a different, come from a different walk of life. Everyone has different experience. And I think that really adds to it. Is there anything missing for you in that regard? I mean, sometimes we hear, uh, you know, that uh, there aren't enough clinical supervisors to give adequate oversight, do you know? Is that, uh, you know, a problem at all, is it? I haven't found that with with UL at all, to be honest. Mm. Because we're a problem based learning course, we do we do so much self self directed learning on yeah. one hand, but then on also on the other hand, our clinical skills are so well taught and so well um, examined, and they really make us comfortable and confident in them. Okay, so if we if we had sitting over there now beside uh, Connor, if we had uh, a girl uh, who has gone in, who went into medicine straight from leaving certificate, would their experience be slightly different to yours? Because you you mentioned problem-based learning, which is an adult education approach, no question about it. Yeah. Is the actual approach in the what we call the regular 
uh, entry, uh, the student who goes in from leaving certificate, do they have uh, different experiences, learning experiences to your problem-based approach? Um, well, I think a lot of their of undergrad is kind of more lecture based. Yeah. Um, I feel like I, I obviously don't know. I haven't I didn't do the undergrad course, but I know from GEMS like we're very it's a very hands on experience. You know, from day one, you're, you're thrown in and you learn things like we learn things quite quicker. And the way we do things is different. Mm. So in undergrad, you know, you'd have your your block module of biochemistry, of physiology, of anatomy. Whereas the way we do it, everything is thrown in all at once. I know. But it's just broken up into different weeks. Yeah. So yeah. Far more satisfying kind yeah. of experience. I'm just wondering, Connor, from your point of view, um, are we getting enough uh, medical students from through the CAO? And it, it would seem not since, you know, a post-grad um, route is offered. And are there ways of improving the number of places um, in in the universities after CAO? Well, it, it's funny, Jim. We have more medical students and more placements in Ireland per head of capita than anywhere else in Europe. Really? So we turn out more medical, more student doctors than anybody else does. Per capita? Per capita, yeah, mm. way more. Yeah. Which is very interesting. Um, so our problem, as we said earlier on, is retention. It's not really the amount of people that we're putting through. So if we look at, if we look at the scene then six years, seven years later and compare the retention levels at, after six years and uh, after, you know, mm -hmm. uh, whatever number of years, it reveals interesting statistics, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's our ability to hold on to them. Oh, no. And I, I would have found over the years with people coming through the graduate entry medical system, particularly if they come into general practice, because they've been around a bit longer and they've seen a bit more, mm. I do feel it creates a more rounded person oh, in general yeah. practice. Oh, and, I would and imagine I think, so. Yeah, 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 and I think that's a great advantage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's... Um, well, as okay. we, how are we time-wise, I Jane? think we're, 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 we're fine. We're coming to the end of the interview. We have a few minutes. Well, sure. Go on. <laughs> no. no. Um, you got a first-class honours in your degree. Yes, yeah. Now, we know that a first-class honours says something very particular. <laughs> Did you maintain it? An awful question to ask. Did you maintain that standard in your postgraduate um, I like to think so, <laughs> yeah. but I suppose uh, the first two years don't actually count towards the degree, so mm. we don't, uh, so this they're the pass fail basically, yeah. so, but yeah, I, I feel like uh, hopefully so, I and, and, and are you, are you even at this stage beginning to think in terms of specialisation? Is there anything there at the moment now that's a, maybe I, I like that? I don't know about it, but... I think I'd like to explore that in postgraduate yeah. stage. It, it's so hard to know, having not really experienced the hospital yet. I, I really, I honestly don't know. Mm. Um, general practice is my first experience of clinical placement mm. and I really am enjoying that. So yeah. that's definitely something I'd like to consider in the future. But I, I don't think I'll know until I get in and yeah. get a taste of the hospital and surgery and different yeah. things. And Connor, is every, G, is every GP service in the countryside, open to uh, a relationship with the postgraduate programme? I, I would think at this point, um, John, it's probably saturated insofar as I'd say that every gym school has the placements lined up. I don't imagine that there's mm. many more, to be honest. And mm. it suits some practices and others it may not. And just while I'm on Scarfie Radio, I must say, 
that that people who come into the center are very uh, generous with their time and very accepting and very open to meeting medical students. Yeah. So it is something that I think for us training doctors, it's great. But I also do feel that our patients are a very open, accepting and generous group of people and they make the learning experience that much easier yeah. which you mightn't get everywhere and, uh, mm. and I, I, I'm conscious very conscious of what you've, you've said being a recipient of the the, the, <laughs> the service so often that I mean there's one thing that strikes us as non-medical people Orla is the ambience that's in the medical centre in Scarf yeah you know there's a lovely culture there isn't there yeah absolutely like it's a, one of those things where you have to transition from preclinical years into clinical years and and there's something you know I, up until this point I've been used to the books and familiar practicing with my friends and different things but to come into a professional environment and to be working with the public um it's been so fantastic to do it with Dr McGee and everyone who works in Scarif it's a military operation there they do everything to perfection no honestly like they're brilliant they go they go above and beyond for anyone that walks through the door yeah and I'd like to second what Dr McGee has said about you know the people of Scarif and They've been so accepting and so willing to have me there and have really facilitated a great learning experience for me. Now, Conor, what do you think? Mm. Nice to hear that, isn't Lovely it? To hear it is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. For, it's an affirmation for all of us because we're all an extension of the culture that operates within the actual medical centre. So it's been a real pleasure talking to both of you this morning. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. So, Jim. Yeah, Conor, um, thank you for coming up and... Uh, we often, we, you're often a regular visitor here to Scarif Bay. Yeah, so thank you very much. Hopefully that will continue. And Orla, we hope you enjoy the rest of uh, your internship here in, in Scarif mm. and, uh, and that you go on to achieve all your goals. Thank you very much. Thank and, you. And Jim, we can add in, can't we, that um, uh, when you're qualified and you're leading whatever it is in, in whatever aspect of medicine you choose to follow, if you meet... Jim Lyon, Jim uh, Collins, or John S. Kelly, you know, lying on the flat of their backs in, in hospital, you won't forget how nice we, how nice we were. To you. <laughs> oh, so thank you so much. <laughs> okay, thank you indeed.